0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. I am thrilled to have on today Chris Voss. He is the author of Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as Your Life Depended on It. And if you have been listening to the show, you know that, one, I love authors that write practical books. Nothing too theoretical or pie in the sky, but, like, things you could use tomorrow. This is that book. Um, I full disclosure, I even told him I did not read this book. I listened to the book, I got it on audio. I think it's one of the best audible has out there. It is always a top seller. But this is a book that no matter whether you're an adult or you have a child and you want your child to get some of these strategies, these are just great pieces of advice. I mean, this is among my best shows for that because Chris goes into how he, as a hostage negotiator, would you know frame situations or even how to go about approaching your boss for a raise. So an, an unbelievably amazing podcast today, and you will get a ton of value out of it. Here's the other great thing. Toward the end of the podcast, I asked him like, hey, any chance you wanna give away a copy? He said, sure, why not? So. He is giving away. Actually, he'll send it from his place. Sometimes people send them to me, and then I send them on. So I will draw one name, and then I will let you via uh, email on um, who won. But if you can let me know, you can do it in one of two ways. The preferred way is just just email me, dwettrick at startedupfoundation.org. That's D-W-E-T-T-R-I-C-K at startedupfoundation.org. Or you can just leave a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash start at up, and then we'll draw a name, and we'll get that book right out to you from Chris himself. So uh, I'm telling you, this is one that if you are so compelled to leave us a comment or a rating on iTunes, we would appreciate it, or on Stitcher, or on Google, or wherever you find it, we'd appreciate it. But this is one that I really want you to share. If you have a friend who wants to start negotiating for a different contract or for a raise, or if your student needs a little shot of uh, self-esteem because they want to start really going after it, this is the episode for you. So if you can recommend it, that would be like gold to us. Other than that, I'm done gabbing. You're going to love this one. So without further ado, Chris Voss. All right, with us now is Chris Voss. Chris is the author of Never Split the Difference, a huge bestseller on Amazon and other places. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yay, so first of all, I gotta get this out of the way. Um, full disclosure: I did not read your book. I listened to it, the audible oh, version. I, well, that's <laughs> as a, as a father of three and a and a school teacher, it's um, audible has been my go to. Well, the the, the 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 narration was incredible, and and I was riveted and, and enjoyed all of it. Uh, so before we we have our uh, unusual slant on this. Tell people about uh, the, the success of and, and what Never Split the Difference is about.
1: Never Split the Difference uh, is a book on negotiating. People are using it in every aspect of their lives. They're negotiating with their brothers and sisters, their colleagues, their co-workers, their co-investors. I mean, you name it, wherever human beings occur. Uh, and it's really, it's a easy, it's easy to learn, um, counterintuitive, which makes it can both fun, challenging, and scary to apply, but people are just doing phenomenal things by applying it in their lives.
0: Yeah. So obviously, um, to give some background, you were in the FBI, and that's kind of where you know things start off. Um, when did you decide, you know what, I need to get all this in writing and write a book about it?
1: Yeah, I guess I did leave out an important part, right? This is hostage <laughs> negotiation. This is a hostage negotiation skills applied in your everyday life. A friend of mine, uh, Tom Strentz's godfather, the FBI's negotiation program wrote a book called The Bad, The Mad, and The Sad, for dealing with bad guys. But the bad, the mad, and the sad, we run into them every day. So this is how to do that stuff. And I I first started thinking seriously about a book uh, probably as I was getting ready to get out of the FBI. You know, I thought, this stuff applied. And I knew that to get people to believe that it applied, it had to be in a book. And I left the FBI in 2007 and, you know, a short nine years later, the book comes out.
0: <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I, one, I, in listening to it, which again, I, I enjoyed the fact is even the narrator, especially when you calm down, and you talk affirmatively guy. he oh he did great DJ voice yeah. yes
1: oh yeah 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 yeah, and yeah you do like. it very well yourself you're very good at it you're
0: natural well thank you later coming up on the quiet storm no I uh, <laughs> he, it was wonderfully done and while I listened to it as a let's just say an adult or a teacher or like how am I going to negotiate my next contract the one thing and the reason I reached out to you is that I think that it is a valuable skill, and in the last year or so, I've been working with more companies and HR representatives, and are like, the, the, the pipeline of talent, the pipeline of talent, and they always talk about, you know, the pipeline talent of kids leaving college. I'm always wanting to go to another couple steps backward and say, you know, these would be great things to teach to high school students, so when I reached out to you, that was like, hey how do we get more high school students interested in negotiation? And I think that's through some of the lens we're gonna talk about today. Um, but if you were to design a course, and all of a sudden the high school was, had the foresight of saying, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna invite Mr. Voss in, and we're gonna give him a one semester class. Day one, class one, is about what?
1: Probably uh, some kind of an exercise. Where people can see that it's fun and it's challenging and it's exciting and it's interesting and you know uh, it's it scares you more than it needs to, so you know what what gets anybody interested in anything? Something happens where they do it, they feel a little bit of success, and they're like, "Oh hey, you know I could do this so it would be it would be some kind of an exercise where people get a chance to negotiate uh, Have you talked before? Uh, taught extensively
0: at the master's level in several different universities. Okay. I was going to say, because that is the best answer I've ever, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's challenging. It's going to be fun. It's going to be doable. Um, and then now you're trying to sell it to parents. Parents are going to say, why am I going to sign up for an elective on negotiation? And while most parents would automatically think of why your answer to the skeptical parent would be.
1: How do you put hours back in your day? How do you deal with your kids? How do you deal with your coworkers? And how do you have better relationships across the board? How it? How do you make it less of a
0: fight? Mm, I like that. Okay. Very good. So now we've got a school. They're 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 in it. You're, I know what day one's about. Let's let's walk through though. Um, I, I, we don't have to necessarily go in the order of the book, but there's there's a lot of things that I took away from this that. Um, obviously a lot of it heavy on the psychology side. Um, but what I found really fascinating and maybe the first thing that can be done easy is just how to be that mirror and why people don't know why they respond that way. But let's, let's talk about being a mirror first.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that may be in terms of definition, the single simplest skill in the entire group and. some of the smartest people love this more than anything because it's so simple. To be a mirror, I mean, you're repeating the last one to three words of what somebody's just said, that's it. It isn't any more complicated than that. It's different than the body language mirror, the hostage negotiators mirror focuses on the words, just the words and a repetition of them. And it 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 triggers, it creates a connector in people's heads. They go on, They they, they want to explain, they elaborate, they always go on in different words, which is one of the keys. Because a lot of times you ask somebody a question, you say, What did you mean by that? Like if I said, you know, I want I want you to I want you to lean into this. And you might say, What do you mean by lean in? And I'll go, lean in. I'll just say it louder with the same words. But if you go lean in, I don't be, yeah, I want you to get more innovative. I want to, I want to see more initiative on your part. I want to see more fearlessness on your part. Now, I've given you, I've added a lot to it and I've expanded. And one of the keys to the mirror is it sends a subtle signal to the talker that you, as a listener, got the words and those words are inadequate. And it's a way of telling somebody the words are inadequate without making it seem like that's an accusation because accusations are what drive people back and shut them up.
0: Hmm. I, so. For those of you listening to your like, just repeat back some of the same words. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is that easy. And 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 I like how you kind of laid that out. Because I think a lot of my expectations um, at the beginning of the book were some of the things to say. And in reality, a lot of it was listen, you know, listen yeah. for these cues, listen for these key words, look at the body language. Um, that's those are the first things that I picked up on, and that's why I like to be a mirror. Whether it you know, you talked about, you know, the obvious and the easiest one is repeating back what they said, um, but also just in the body language. However, I do want to circle back. So, when somebody's like, <clears throat> you know, repeat back some of the last words they said, l- l- let's go through that because that that may sound so simple that they may not pick, you know, some people might not pick up on that. So, I'm, I uh, let's just say I'm <clears throat> trying to campaign for. A raise and I'm talking to you, Mr. Voss. An example. Uh, Let's l- 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 do a little role play. You know, Mr. Voss, I've uh, really. Uh, you know what? No, I, I'm your boss, <laughs> and and uh, and and you're you're trying to to campaign for another salary. You know, Mr. Voss, you're a hard worker. Uh, I, I know that. Um, you know, you've worked really uh, long hours. Your attitude's been really good. Uh, you know, but tell me why you think you're deserving this raise. Your response would be worthy of the race, yes,
1: my attitude is good, well
0: I've, yeah, yes, absolutely, I'm a hard worker, yeah, but all the all the evidence we see here, yeah, absolutely you are,
1: so I'm a hard worker, and my attitude is
0: good, and you're not sure I'm worthy of a race. Well, I mean, we were wanting to really kind of dig deep into... Yeah, it's a good point. Um, anything over and above uh, you think that stands out? Over and above? Yeah, over and above you being a hard worker and having a good attitude and... Um, hmm. That's yeah, a good <laughs> Okay, it's working. Uh,
1: and also what we were doing there too is, you know, there's the advice, uh, negotiation is the art of letting the other side have your way. Um, and how do you do that? You get the other person talking and you get the stuff coming out of their mouth. Now, a lot of times, all the different things that you said in a boss's mind, like when it's contained in his mind and it's rolling around and around, you don't really know how it's hitting them. So what I just did was get the, get your thoughts out of your head. And as you articulate them and they sort of bounce around, they come back into your head in through your ear. And I let you hear what you're saying. Then it's not really so much that I'm making a good point. It's like, you're making my case for me, which then if you make that, it, it has to make sense. Yeah. So that's the art of letting the other side have your way. You got to get them talking. And I use my mirrors specifically. You know, when you're good at mirrors, you go from the last one to three words. Now I'm just listening for something I want to amplify within. And so I'll shift. I'll still hit the exact same one to three words. But I'll shift to, all right, what did you just say? If you say that some more, will you talk yourself into my deal with your word? yeah and that's why this mirror thing is really kind of a can become a surgical selective clarification tool and all the things that are said from your perspective are legitimate cuz they're your words they're not mine
0: mm. well and i uh, even when you asked me to, i wouldn't basically i was repeating it back to myself i was even fine like well your follow-up question was so basic and obvious that I had to almost substantiate why I asked it in the first place. And then you're like, well, if I'm trustworthy and on, like, why are you asking this question? And then I kind of even start feeling like, yeah, I better come up with a really good reason on why I might not want to give you a raise kind of thing. And then I was like, well, it's right there. It's on the table. Um, Interestingly enough, I, I, I remember when I was growing up, I I tried something similar with my dad. He was like, you know, son be home at 10 30 tonight. And I was like, 10.30. (laughs) Ten thirty, <laughs> I'm almost the straight reading. He's like, he goes, "Yeah." I go, D- "Have I gotten any trouble with the law? No. Am I a pretty trustworthy kid? You know, actually, you are. So why wouldn't eleven thirty work? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and you know, if I were to go back and tweak a couple of those words, just a tiny little bit, but the dynamic. No, oh, tell me. That, no, the, tell me. Well, I wouldn't say why. Why is an accusatory thing? Um, I'd say it said, what would be wrong with 1130? Ooh, huh. And then the the second question you asked, I mean, we steer, I treat yes-oriented questions as if I'm wearing a shock collar around my neck and every time I ask a yes-oriented question, I get jolted with a thousand volts of electricity.
0: Yeah, because that's too easy. And people always
1: feel trapped. I mean, as soon as you start asking somebody a yes question, you're taking them someplace. And that's happened to us so much as, as what we refer to as battered child syndrome. When do best practices become battered child syndrome? And I, spe- and I don't know that this yes-oriented nonsense was ever a bad, best practice. I'm happy to concede that maybe when the world was new, and a thousand used car salesman and coupon book salesman hadn't tried this on us already. That maybe it was a best practice, but now it's battered child. And as soon as you start trying to get somebody to say yes, their guard comes up because like, oh whoa whoa whoa, what have I let myself into if I if I even agree that today the sun is shining? What am I letting myself in for by saying yes to that? I mean, it's shocking how much of a trap that's been on us. People are scared to say yes to anything, or that it. They at least become really leery of where's the hook,
0: yeah, I remember that so vividly from the book as well uh, uh, uh beware of the yes and, and instead master the no um, right. and that's obviously what you're pointing towards so and, and its and it seemed at first counterintuitive, so I want to walk through that a little bit for the listener. You, you should sometimes want to get them to say no and and people are going, huh what why is that
1: yeah well um. Why does it work? Um, it's one of the few things that we don't have the neuroscience to back it up yet. We just have to practice on it. And you know, I use my—I can say no to anything at any time. And every time I say no, I actually become more persuadable after I said no, and my head clears because I feel protected. Like even when I'm tired, I'll—if somebody asks me a yes question, I'll flip it around to a no question so I can say no. That's not the case. But here's the following issues. And I find that I can answer a up really quickly. Now, in in point of fact, in practice, I mean, I um, I, this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, Robert Herjavec, I had the privilege of meeting him fairly recently, and he is a great dude. I mean, a very generous guy. And so we offer him a ticket to our training. I offer him a free one. And and to show you what a great guy is, he fires back at me immediately, how many can we buy? Like, awesome. Um, And I don't think he's going to come. I want him to send his key people. So, we're going back and forth on how many they're going to buy. They're not committing on the number. And our training's getting ready to sell out. And our training is expensive. So every single ticket that I give away for free, my people are mad at me because I, the money we're not getting. And they're mad at me. For, I don't care if it's Robert Herjavec. And he's not making a commitment. So I sent him an email at five, 5 o'clock. And we're in LA. So 5 o'clock in LA is 8 o'clock in New York, right? It's even later in the day. And and I the email says, are you against committing for three tickets now? Are you against paying for them before the start of business in, on the East Coast tomorrow? Because I need the money now. And I get an email back immediately that says, no, no, no. Um, we'll commit to three tickets now. And no, we have no problem paying for them right away. My assistant will follow up with you within an hour and we'll pay. Ten minutes later, I get an email from the assistant. Send me the link. Ten minutes after that. This all goes down in 15 to 20 minutes after five because the key is to get people to say no. that triggers their thinking in a very non-threatened way, which means it's clearer, their decisions are firmer, and if there's any follow-up that needs to be mentioned, that's when they'll mention
0: it. Well, it also feels like they're weighing out like they're weighing more things out it doesn't seem like as big of a commitment or they're like going through in their head going no, you know what no i don't have a problem with that as opposed yes. to saying yes and feel like you're taking on a bigger burden right right yeah yeah
1: um and and i and i just see it. that's exactly it when you say yes you're worried about the burden that you're taking on and that's a distraction and it drains your thinking
0: Hmm. Mm, mm. So a decent amount of the audience that, that listens uh, to this are, are teachers and, uh, and ironically enough, young entrepreneurs. Um, one thing that I had in my class that I was particularly proud of is that um, I had a negotiation system for grading and uh, I always got some like, are you kidding? Are you out of your mind? Uh, feedback at times from, from parents and, and sometimes other teachers. I have found that a lot of times the students beat themselves up harder like I was willing to give a B and they're like, "I oh don't know, C or D, and you know they 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 lost um confidence or whatever or or maybe they're like playing the sympathy role, I don't know um but your feelings on uh students negotiating for grades
1: well, it would depend upon the criteria um like when I was teaching, i mean I laid out very clear guidelines um and then, so in point of fact, there was no negotiation on grades in a class that I gave. But if you're trying to encourage thinking, and you're effectively giving extra credit for thinking and innovation, and that's the means that you're doing it, I think that's a great idea. So, are are you growing? Are you nurturing with your approach? I so a little, bit, a lot more in terms of context, and sort of a combination of defining expectations. Which reduces uncertainty, but also you need some uncertainty to stimulate improvement, achievement, excellence. I mean, you, you need stress. Yeah. You, you cannot get better without stress. A stress free world is uh, a world of people that are plants.
0: Yeah. 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 There's that. I, I agree. I, I've always encourage my students to do a lot of their reflection in a public way, uh, whether that be in the form. like I I beg them and and they don't have to make them public, but I usually have them reflect on their journey, either through a blog, a podcast or a YouTube channel. And I'm like, That's
1: cool. I dig that. That's innovation, creativity.
0: That's really cool. Well, thank you. Well, and and I even, so I'm 46. I'm like, at minimum, you're going to love it when you're 46. I said, I would give yeah. you $50,000 if I could hear young Donnie Wettrick talking about his idea of being, <laughs> you know, like the bullpen catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, yeah. Like, I, I said, you'll appreciate it. Because, like, you know, in our class, and I've told you a little bit about the class, I mean, like, they all start off with, like, this is going to be a crazy idea, and they keep, through reflection, whittling down on what they want. And a lot of times, that pressure of, like, I'm, they don't have to, but I'm like, make it public. And I think that's when some of the biggest successes we've had is that some of our students are very, very public. They, they post on LinkedIn or whatever. And then some guy in, you know, Johannesburg or in Ireland will say, hey, kid, I do this for a living. Here's what you're missing out on. And that vulnerability and that, um, that sense of naivete in some cases really works. And that, that uncomfortableness of um, every now and then they get followed and they're like, hey, kid, you said you were going to be done with this two months ago. Where's it at? Uh that's also a really good um <laughs> I, I, I feeling you know vulnerable and uncomfortable uh is, is is what we're kind of going for at times. Uh so I, I like the fact that you said that you, you want to there to be some stress in it as well. No, that's growth, man. That that's growth. That's very cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, So speaking of which, um, the the other thing that, that, uh, and I'm, and I hope I'm not giving too, I think the book is fantastic. And I'm I'm hopefully not trying to dislike the book too much. Uh, But um, it, it, certain things really stood out to me Um, (laughs) that, you know, trigger the two words that immediately transforms in a negotiation. Let's go over that.
1: Yeah, man, that is so cool. I mean, and that is what Blew my publisher Harper Collins away. And, uh-huh. and you know, they, they went all in when they read that chapter. Cause it's not yes. You are not, we are not trying to get people to say yes. It's a completely different response. And it the two words are that's right. I mean, that's right are the words that come out of people's mouths when they are all in, when they are firmly behind yes. something. Yes, And there is no better commitment than that. I mean, the example that I, one of the examples I love to use is like, whether you're Republican or Democrat, the last presidential election, the debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, whichever one of the two of them that you believed in, I don't care which one it was, but when they said something that you thoroughly believed in, you didn't point at the TV and go, you're right, or he's right. You pointed at the TV and you went, that's right. Yeah. And you're all in at that moment. And if you're in an interaction with somebody, you can trigger a that's right. They don't know it's towards you. They don't realize that in that moment, they just confirm that the, your working relationship now is at its highest point. You know, they don't attribute it to you. Right. They're bonded to you in that moment. Yes. And that's the moment that they will give you the deal.
0: That's okay. It's exactly. So I, I, this is how vivid this chapter was to me. I, I can tell you where I was on my lawn mowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm telling you, I can solve the world's problems if I mow and listen to audiobooks. Um <laughs> Because I even said, and I, I chuckled because I said it. One of the points you were making, I said, that's right. In the chapter that was about that's right. Ah, right. I, like you, like I, there was one point. point poem, like, that's right. And then I started to think about the wisdom of a, in a good way, you've played your hand. Like, you know, that yeah. you've sold them because like, well, you, like you just said, like, it's like, not your right. Like, dude, that's right. They believe at a fundamental level, this is working. This is the right thing. And now all you have to do is pick up the chips and keep now placing momentum bets and, and like, okay, now that you, clearly know that this is right what about a b and c and so i I loved that part because it's just again simple listening when you are laying out your case and 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 maybe maybe i'm wrong on this when you hear a that's right that's probably a time for me now to shut up and let them get their that's right like off their chest even more
1: yeah or or then then once having broken through that barrier let that momentum on their side carry you forward so Absolutely critical that you go silent that. Absolutely critical.
0: Yeah. Or or maybe even just a good follow up question. Like, you're like, okay, I just I can't help it. You said that's right. What struck you about that answer? Or what struck you about our message? Because, like, look, I'm I'm I now run a nonprofit and we're in the business of helping kids, right? I I raise money to give money away to high school entrepreneurs, literally. And so when I'll hit somebody with what we do, I am now listening to a huh. That's right. And then, uh, like, this is the way I've been kind of approaching it now is like almost asking that follow up question of, like, were you there as like, were you that high school student? And, and letting them put themselves in that I was that kid. I was that kid that sold bubble gum out of my locker and did X, Y, and Z. Uh, so, uh, and that is one of the ways that this book has really impacted me is like listening for that moment of, that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. If you, if you don't, uh, you let them think about it, you let it sink in. And if, if nothing comes out of their mouth, you know, then an appropriate follow-up question to tweak the thinking that's in their head now is absolutely on the money.
0: So, and matter of fact, now I feel foolish about asking whether you've taught because there are several times in the book you talk about some of your best students and I feel (laughs) stupid for asking that. Um, But like, in In teaching people a, a skill that they don't they may not identify right now as a skill, what has been some of the most rewarding, and you don't have to say you have a favorite student, but what have been some of the most rewarding outcomes of teaching this and writing this book?
1: Well uh, yeah, the, rewar- the people are, we've always emphasized on people applying this in their real life. I mean, the vast majority of the way you earn would earn points in my class is not by doing an in-class exercise. As a matter of fact, I put a real cap on that because I didn't want you just doing it in class. But you, in order to pass, you had to go out and try it in the real world with real problems. And watching people make their lives better on a regular basis while they were just attending a class was extremely rewarding. And, so, and the feedback that we get on the book constantly now, I'm Somebody told me, I get a LinkedIn message the other day, they got, they got a 40% increase in um, what they're being compensated for on a contract based on the skills. Um, their daughter, who's have scared to ask for a raise, got a 30% increase over what she thought she was going to get. When people are making their lives better, then the book is fulfilling its purpose.
0: Yeah, no, I love hearing that. Uh, Well, like any teacher, I mean, you don't want it to be for the sake of academia. Um, So I I love hearing that for sure. What is a skill, uh, like in kind of negotiation role play that a parent could start off with uh, if they're working with a middle schooler on up? Like to
1: communicate, well, to communicate with them, I mean, what we refer to as calibrated questions, which are principally what and how questions. I mean, a calibrated question... It's not really designed to get information. It's designed to trigger the other side into thinking and to shape their thinking and then nurture and grow or make them think about things in a very specific way. That's what you're trying to do with your kids. So you throw the what and how questions at them to make them think and let them say it out loud and let them let them talk it through. Very much, not that far off from the discussion that you know, job, uh, the employer or employee conversation we were having earlier i was trying to get your thoughts out of your head by you articulating your thoughts it always helps the other person to think so you're trying to help your kids think you're relying a lot more on what a lot more on what and how questions and a lot less on direction and you're growing their capacity to think
0: Mm. Mm. well i i think that's i've seen that as um we're almost at a crisis point right now with the lack of communication. Um, I, uh, you know, when people are talking about, and I don't think it's rhetoric anymore about the increased anxiety and depression and everything else and, and social media being not the only culprit, but a culprit, I, 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 um, you know, it's real. (laughs) And that's why I, I like the fact that, you know, this negotiating thing, you know, it's in person, it has to be done, um, instead of you typing out some things on Facebook or, or going back and forth. So, uh, I just, I felt like it was so valuable, um, to not only practice these skills in my classroom, but, you know, in my life and then, you know, my own children. So, mm. all right, Chris, last question. Um, one of the things that I sometimes ask my guests is, uh, Obviously, you had a large role as a learner, and uh, you growing up in school, whether it be elementary, middle, high school, college, what has been that, and you can name her or him, uh, you don't have to, but what was that one teacher that really kind of set things into motion and has inspired you since?
1: Wow. Well, for my college days, um, I do remember one history professor, and I cannot remember his name. But he took a very different view on history. And we ended up talking about the Civil War, and and he looked at racism that was uh, utilized in the South, he looked at it as a tool for maintaining power. I thought, oh, that's interesting, because I've always thought, you know, the color that matters is green. People have a tendency to rally around green. But then, as he was discussing a class and we did essays, he talked about how one of the essays he got from one of the students, well, the student just disagreed with him on everything, everything. And he said, well, what am I supposed to do when somebody disagrees with me like that? I had to give him an A. And I thought, now that's an enlightened point of view. That's somebody who's open to conversation. Mm. Disagree with me as long, as long as you can back up what you say. You don't say, I disagree just because I think so yeah you know, r- lay some stuff out for me that's worth me thinking about and wow. now that's a conversation
0: i also think that's a lost art
1: <laughs> yeah
0: as yeah. we were talking off air uh, yeah i one kudos to that teacher for yeah of like if, if you've got something let's back it up and the fact that he felt compelled to give him an a because he forced him to think that much i love that um high school middle school elementary days
1: well uh, you know the football coach uh from my high school days was a guy that inspired us you know some people say he taught us to be men but he taught us to be gentlemen you know um he taught us about fair play taught us about working hard yeah i remember when he was coaching us he always referred to us as men i mean and you know you drug, you drug him down, and, and if they as a varsity high school varsity football coach, if he said, spent five minutes with the seventh graders, you know he'd walk up and down the line. and He'd go, "Now, men, this is what we're going to do," you know. And his his encouragement was always a, a great positive influence. There's nothing wrong with being a man as long as you're a gentleman. You know, you believe in the rules, you have respect for women. Um, you know, and you know what does it mean to be a gentleman? And I think he he planted some of that in my thinking.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's come out in your book. I, I um, even on our talks off, off air. I'm I'm not trying to pander to you. I I think though that you wrote a, an important book. Um, and one of the things that I just die trying is getting on people that have unique insights that that students can benefit from. And while I know that you, when you wrote this, it wasn't necessarily a high school playbook. <laughs> um, man, do I, you know, if you're listening to this, if you have a high school student or if you're a teacher, I I really do recommend it. Not only as a teacher, and I think <laughs> there's some interesting strategies in there to negotiate with your students. Um, but I, I think that right now our students are missing a lot of times that human element. They're on social media far too often. The human element's being taken away. And this book is just just chock full of ideas. If If you liked the that's right chapter, there's so much to that. If you... Uh, want to learn the power of no There's just so, so many things in this book that I think you should, uh, check out whether you want to imprint or on the audio like I did. Um, but anyway, enough of me blabbering on Chris, I sincerely appreciate you being our guest on the show and, uh, continued success in the future, my friend. Don, and can we tell people if they want to subscribe to our newsletter, how they can subscribe? I, oh, my gosh. How rude of me. I normally end well, hey, any other suggestions or points we should click on or social media or all that good stuff? Yes. Tell people where to go.
1: All right, cool. Now, the newsletter, we've got a price. We've hit, hit the sweet spot on pricing. It's free. It's complimentary. It's short sweet. It comes out once a week. Concise articles, actionable ideas. And it plus it's a gateway to everything we do. It's a gateway to all of our training. We got a we got a lot of very expensive training and we got a lot of free training. And I Black recommend Black Swan, correct? Yeah, the Black yeah. Swan BlackswanLTD.com. But subscribe to the newsletter because it's free. It's got good stuff. And you subscribe with a text-to-sign-up function and you text to the number 28 And the number you're texting to again is 22828. And the message you send is FBI empathy, all one word. Do not put a space. Your spell check will want to fix it. FBI empathy, all one word. You get uh, you get a uh, response that'll ask you for your email and you are off to the races with
0: us. Let, let me do that number again. Let's, let's go over that again. The number to text is? 22828. 22828. Right. Okay. And then text? FBI empathy, mm-hmm. all one word, no space. All right, there you go. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Should have done a little more homework. So I will be subscribing that as well. But guys, uh, if his newsletter is as chocked full of information as the book is, I think that you'll you'll definitely appreciate it. Uh, social media sites or anything else you want to check out. You know uh, the FBI negotiator on
1: Instagram. Um, I, these, these days, I just started three days ago, putting a negotiation tip of the day on there hmm. by twenty five thirty five second 35 second tip of the day. It's actionable, simple little stuff. Like you're six times more likely to make a deal with somebody you like. So
0: be likable. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Chris. It has been a pleasure, my friend. And uh, I, I, anybody take him up on his offer, I'm telling you, you'll love it. Until then, I, I sincerely appreciate you being on my show. My pleasure. Thanks, Don.